Hi, this is David from Slovakia and the Euroch Fan Club, and this is Proky News Podcast. Go, Fs, go! Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Adam Minnick, Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote, the producer extraordinaire. I think you're the executive producer extraordinaire. I, I'll take the executive producer. You title. are oh, yeah. executive and especially am. with that fancy new computer where we can't even see you. <laughs> Webcam coming up soon, I hope. Okay. But yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the second new- line gets a video edition. What's up with that? Hey, uh, we could make this a video edition, but you would just see a picture of me reading to my kid when he was two years younger. I mean, in a way that is a good side of you. It is. Yeah. You, you see my back. So yeah, it's my best side. I just, I just see that, uh, you know, you care about the, you know, obviously the second line is prettier for the, for the masses out there to see on video. That's what you're saying. I, we, we had to showcase, uh, Dr. Lou Lafredo in all his glory. Uh, so not, not all of us get the free manscape stuff to make ourselves look as good. That's the problem. Yeah. That that's exactly yeah. what the problem is. I, I could use some of that. You could do that. But what, what you also could do and what I'd like to see on camera next time is you sitting in a mycustomsportschair.com. Mycustomsportschair.com, PHN15 is the code. You can do some really cool stuff with teams in the chair. The arms can look like a jersey. It's really cool. Mycustomsportschair.com. I may have been tweezing on that site a little bit for the holiday season. PHN15, the code. <laughs> they got cool stuff, man. They, they do. I, yeah, I they, like their, their site's great. One of these days I'm going to pull the trigger. I just, I don't know which one I want. That's the problem is I have too many sports wants and I don't have like the man cave for multiple chairs. I, I've got to narrow it down. It, narrow it down. Get the pro hockey news one. I, that's, that's, a, that's choice too. That is a choice too. That, that seems a little, does that seem a little self-serving? A little bit. Uh, get it for somebody else. Yes. That's a good <laughs> point. Let's try that. Let's yeah. try that. Um, Quick topic just before we kind of get into to around the NHL, um, kind of like get well wishes. Richard, Chris Letang suffered a second mm-hmm. stroke. He did this, uh, had this happen a couple of years ago. Yeah. No timetable for his return. Got ahead of it as best he could. Listened to his body. He's out indefinitely. Um, y- 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 you want him to, you know, definitely best wishes and all that. But at the same time, you have to look at it in a hockey sense, just as the team was playing well. I mean, they've got points in eight of their last 10 yeah. losing Chris Letang. Huge. Yeah. Um, kind of un- unfortunate timing on this. And, and I mean, these are things that y- you don't really see coming until it's a little too late. Uh, fortunately, like you'd mentioned, he, he listened to his body. He, he kind of saw the, the warning signs, uh, you know, as, as far ahead as he could. Um, yeah, it's just, um, I mean, fortunate this this didn't happen on the ice. Yes, right? which it's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I, when, when first I heard that you know Chris Letang had a had a stroke, I was like, was it during a game? Was it on the ice? Was it during practice? It was at a team facility, but uh, yeah, fortunately not on the ice because that that could just be so much worse for for many many reasons. Um, yeah, you know, just hoping for for a quick recovery. Um, not sure like exactly what this is going to mean for him going forward. You know, we know this isn't his first one, but you know, is this something that he's going to be able to to bounce back from? Is is kind of my question. Yeah, you know, he, he was born with a birth defect with a with a small hole in his heart, and mm-hmm. so they've known about him. So he's really really overcome a lot to play hockey, and and you just kind of wonder his second stroke, genetic issue. He's getting up there in age. Yeah, you know, you don't want him to go out this way. 
And, no. and I know health is bigger, but it's, you know, that, that was, I don't know if it's good, bad, but that was one of the first things I thought of was, I just don't, I hope we haven't seen the last of him because of this. I, I hope not either, but I, I, what I hope is he makes the best decision for him and for his yes. family. Um, if this is something that he feels confident, he can come back and be productive and healthy and safe. Absolutely. I fully support a return from Crystal Tang, but if there is any question that he's not able to come back and perform for his team, or if there's any issues, um, you know, health issues that we see stemming from this after, then I, I think, you know, um, I would be the first one to applaud him if he says, you know what, I'm done. I'm hanging up the skates. This is it. I, I just can't physically do it anymore because it, it takes a, a strong will to be able to, to tell yourself that, especially at this level. Yeah, for sure. So best wishes to him. Um, turning to the ice of what's going on, instead of talking teams, Richard, I want to talk about players. Okay. Because um, Jason Robertson, dude's having a season. I, I think he's here to stay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was uh, the uh, he was the first star last week for the NHL, correct? This is not yeah. the first time he was, he's been the... Uh, the first star for the league. No, but um, he's, I mean, did you have your bingo card uh, on December 1st? Jason Robertson leading the league and knocking on the door at 20 goals. Uh, not, not on goals. I didn't have him in that category. No, no, I, I, yeah, the, the guy's having a phenomenal season. I don't, I don't know who would have seen this coming. Um, great for the stars. Great for, for a young player here. Um, it's just uh yeah, I didn't peg him at uh, 20 goals before December 1st. No, he's at 19. He's at 19, so he didn't or, get there so yet. Not, knocking yeah, on the door. Yeah, knocking yeah. on the door there. It, it, I mean, it, Connor McDavid won behind him after his goal last night versus Chicago. You know, Bo Horvat, the, the bright spot on a terrible Vancouver season. <laughs> Rysidle behind him at 15, and then he got a couple guys at 14, one of them being Tage Thompson, the, the, the now of the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in that summer trade. Uh, from St. Louis, Tage Thompson, Jason Robertson, you know, in the top five of goal scoring, y- you got to love, you know, especially Robertson at 23 years of age, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tage Thompson, I believe at the same age there in, in his 23 year, this is great for the NHL. Sorry, Tage Thompson's 25. I missed a couple of years there by this, by the big, uh, <laughs> by the big centerman. Um, Having named two young guys, 25 and under, along with the McDavid, Horvat, Dreisaitl, which you expect, good mm-hmm. for the game right now. Oh, good for, yeah. You don't forget Sylvester Nicole. And then you got the old guy, Pasternak, you know, up there as well. <laughs> and, you uh, know, Stamkos is on the list in, yep. in, the, in the top 10. Um, I'll be by old, I mean further down. By the way, let me, let me clarify. <laughs> right, exactly. That's, but you've got everybody, like the, the, the majority of goal scorers right now, when you look at them, when your oldest is 26, this yeah. is great for the game. No, this is showcasing like what a great generation we're going to have moving forward. This this is, gives me a lot of excitement for the NHL in the next few years because we're going to watch these players develop. They're only going to get better. Um, and I, I was already excited before a few years ago with, with Kale McCarr and what we're seeing out of him. Now we're seeing a lot more young kids you know, putting up these huge numbers, you know, putting up these great games. Um, uh, yeah, I am stoked for the next few seasons. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, uh, 
It's going to be fun. I just, and here's the interesting thing. I was, you know, when you look at some of the numbers and listen to some of the things around, um, save percentage is down. Goals are up. And the question is becoming, do we just not have great goaltending like we had? And I'm thinking, no, I think this younger generation is, is figuring out how to score. And because we've been in a lull a bit where goaltending has really been exceptional and everything up. I think you're seeing the adjustment on the offense now. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen this in the last season and a half, um, mostly with, uh, you know, the infamous uh, Michigan uh, lacrosse goals being scored out there. Uh, Goalies are just facing something new that, you know, they're not used to seeing, you know, these young players are getting so creative with the puck um, you know, they're finding new ways to beat the goalie that, you know, goalies aren't expecting and they, they haven't trained for, or they haven't seen, um, especially some of the older goaltenders like, um, like uh, Andre Vasilevsky, you know, he's a, a perennial uh, candidate for the Vesna trophy. Uh, he's not even on uh, the top 10 for safe percentage. No. Um, and I, I wouldn't say he's having a bad season. He's, I mean, it's not great right now, but uh, he, I don't think he's having a bad season and I don't think any, any of the goaltenders on this list are really having a bad season either. It's yeah. They're just seeing some unconventional puck work by these young players. Yeah. I, I think it's great for the game. People, I mean, I think save percentage being down is, is, is a, is, I think they're just getting better. And I, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's good. I think we need to embrace it. We don't need to make the nets bigger. The, no. the, this is sport correcting sports always seems to correct themselves. You know, we go into a lull where all oh, scoring's down. You know, we saw it in hockey. Scoring was up in the 80s because you had the, the goalies that were just standing up doing nothing, and then you had the great offense. Then we got Gumby goalies and bigger pads. <laughs> and then we had to make it, you know, and then we took off the took out the, the two-line pass. Like everything's correcting. I don't think we necessarily need to correct. I think we're finally getting offense becoming really good and, and the young guys getting better and better. Um it's you know, we had two five four games. Half the games last night were five four. Yeah. The other half were three one. So I mean, very good in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, to, to quote a great movie, life finds a way. So, um, it, you know, sports always going to evolve. I think what we need to do uh, as fans of the sport is just embrace the change. If there's something, you know, systemically wrong with the game, if there's something that repeatedly happens, no matter what rule changes are out there, or if there's something that's just, you know, a habitual problem, that that's when the, the league needs to step in, make rule changes to fix Scoring, yep. I don't think is ever a problem. There you go. If you need some jewelry this holiday season, check out LDE Affinity Jewelry. LDE Jewelry, there's a direct link on the PHN website to take you to some of the great stuff there. They make some amazing bracelets. If you've got a, a loved one in your life that likes bracelets, check out LDE Jewelry. We're going to have a little fun, and it's probably going to be at Lonnie's expense. Oh, yeah, it's definitely at Lonnie's expense. Here. All right, and we'll get going in three, two, one. Well, for no good reason, and because we like to experiment on this podcast, we're starting up with a new segment called Lonnie on the Spot. Lonnie, I got a few questions that are going to come, I was going to say hard and fast, but they're going to come a little gentler and maybe not as fast. Uh, We'll have a little (laughs) bit of discussion about these. Um, So, uh, listeners, uh, the topic for today, uh, since we have this coming up at the end of the month, we have the Winter Classic coming up, and as we're about to talk about later in the podcast, 
The uh, jerseys were released last week, so we'll get our reaction to those, both Boston and Pittsburgh. But first, I want to pick Lonnie's brain, especially since he didn't get to talk with us when the reverse retro refresh jerseys came out. Let's start with some jerseys here. Lonnie, I want to get your your thoughts as we are looking forward to the Winter Classic. I want to get your top three all-time Winter Classic jerseys. And I'll, I'll chime in with mine once you're done, but I want to know, what are your top three? Well, it's a great question. I think the, um, I think the hard thing that's happened over the years is that we've seen a lot of the same teams too many times. And so the continuing to do really interesting things all the time, it gets really difficult, especially those, um, the, the, the Blackhawk run where it seemed like they were in every outdoor game every year in, in an outdoor game every year, at least. Um, I really like the Capitals jerseys, uh, from when they hosted, um, at Nats park in 2015. Um, okay. the big W the, you know, it, it's simple. Like I don't, you know, need need super fancy jerseys but i really like i think i like those more than i liked their ones from 2011 which was basically just their like mid-80s jerseys right um to me at least try to do something a little bit different with them um i really like the red wings from 2009 uh what's a good one from the the game at wrigley uh, yeah that that is one that actually hangs in my closet um, <laughs> that's, that's very uh, similar to the one they wore at the uh, stadium series against Colorado, right? Except I think they they went dark the with D that was, one. The, the 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 shape on the D was a little bit different. Okay, um, it was a little bit different. It was close. It was definitely a variation on that, but it was it was pretty close. Um, and for, third is a tie, and I know it's a little bit of recency bias, but I really like the Wilds from last year, and I know that's not a super super popular opinion. Um, for a lot of people, even with the tan pants, I think it worked. I think the sort of the, the story behind the jerseys work mm-hmm. um, and it tying in Minneapolis and, you know, the game was played in Minneapolis, but the team is based in St. Paul. And I also really like Dallas's from 2020. I, I know I'm picking four, but um, I thought that was given what we've seen Dallas do with some of their reverse retro stuff lately, which I'm just sort of bored with. I think this is a, this was a way better Jersey out of Dallas than they produced in some other areas. Okay. So my top three, you actually picked one that's in my top three. Number one for me is that Minnesota Jersey. I think if you're going to go outdoor game, if you're going winter classic specific, you need to go all out and you need to go as retro as you can. Um, I'm going to put an asterisk on that because uh, the one that Nashville produced for their winter classic, not really a fan. I don't, I don't really understand why they went that direction. Uh, but number one for me was the, uh, the 2022 Minnesota Jersey. Um, number two for me was the 2019 Boston Bruins Jersey, the white with the big blocky B on the front. I don't know what it is about that one. I really like that. That was a Jersey. I believe they wore in like the early forties. Um, and it just, it's a Jersey I've been looking around for before they brought it back for the winter classic. And uh, number three for me is actually going to have to be uh, this year's the, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, uh, Jersey they're going to wear at Fenway when they play the Bruins this year. Um, I think that one just looks sharp, but we'll get my thoughts uh, further on that here in a bit. Lonnie, as we're talking about these, these jerseys, 
I want to get your top three worst. Top three worst. Um, in no particular order, uh, Boston's in 2016. Um, yeah. The Boston with the big E and, or the big B and the big N and the small O S T O in the middle with the bear. And it says Bruins on it. There's just way too much happening with that. <laughs> um, not really, not really a big fan of that one. The, I, I, you know, the 2011 penguins ones, it, it's, I don't mind when they go with the light blue, but it's sort of like the light blue and the dark blue and then the yellow and black in, in the crest all happening at the same time. It just feels like it's mixing too many, uh, uh, genres of Jersey. It's like the, the Winnipeg jets, whenever they try and do a variation of their jerseys, they have the right. same color I think so there. too. Like the, and I know that the, the 2008 Pittsburgh one does the same thing. I, I just think it's, it's less dark blue. Yeah. in that one and it, it it offends me less for some reason it really bothers me and i don't it's nothing against the 2008 buffalo one it's just sort of boring it's their everyday jersey they didn't do anything sort of outside of the box and i know 2008 it was the first winter classic and and that was really i mean even the pittsburgh jersey that year is not really it was sort of a it's something that had been in the rotation anyway Mm-hmm. So it's not like they did any real special jerseys. The first time I, th- I mean, it was really the 2009 game at Wrigley, the Blackhawks Red Wings, where the, it was really the first time where they did something, you know, particularly special in a uh, uniform combo. Yeah. And back to the, the Buffalo Jersey, I think Buffalo did a better job in 2018 um, in their game against uh, um, the Rangers there. Um, I think that one, I mean, they look similar. I mean, the crest is similar, but the color scheme's a little bit different. The striping's different. It was yeah. it was a different jersey for a special game, which you know, you know, ten years later, they knew that the outdoor outdoor games in particular were a special thing that people were going to buy jerseys for. So they put forth the effort. No, I agree. I don't. I, I you know, I think they. It's just enough different from the usual that it sort of works. Yeah. Um, how about you? Yeah, my 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 top worst three. So my bottom three here of all time, uh, I'm going to go with the 2016 Montreal Canadiens. I don't know why that thing is is on my list here. I just there's something about it. I just don't like it feels like a reverse retro before it's time. It, yeah, it, 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 it's it's something about it is sort of in the, the genre of reverse retro that they would produce now. Exactly. And I think that is the, the first uh, like pretty much what uh, they went with for the first reverse retro with that similar white and then flip the blue and the red. It just, yep. It, it, it didn't jive with me. I didn't like it. Um, and as I talked about before um, the 2020 Nashville predators, I feel Agreed. like they went uh, for, uh, for a franchise that's so recent in uh, league history and trying to go back further than the team has been. Cause this is like a style you would see, I don't know. It reminds me of like maybe late fifties, early sixties kind of Jersey. And you know, they, they weren't even a thought in the league at that point. So I, I just felt like they went a little too retro for the sake of going retro. It just, it didn't fit. Yeah. Um, no, I, my I last one, Lonnie, you're not going to like this. The 2020 Dallas stars. All right. Did not like, did not like. that's fine. 
<laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I, I knew that was sort of an unpopular opinion one also. Right. Um, you know, I just, I look at it in the context of, of the other jerseys they've worn lately. And it's all just sort of a, a variation on the same theme. And I like the idea of the big D. Yeah, the the uh, two reverse retros that Dallas has put out recently. Obviously, um, I would I would take this one over those two. I I don't like what they're doing with those reverse retros. I, I just no, don't know. Yeah. No, no. I think I, I mean I think the thing that really would have uh, would have made the Dallas one better is if they went with not the tan pants. Yeah, it, it feels like the 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 you know very stark white on the jersey and then the tan with that same green and the. I, yeah i don't totally get it there i mean i get it but i don't really get it either. yeah you get it but you don't understand why mm-hmm. um okay so those are my my bottom three jerseys um let's we'll, we'll stay on the winter classic topic here um as we know fenway is about to be the first venue to repeat as a, a host of the winter classic which got me thinking um and I, i'll be free to, to go first with mine if you'd like lonnie but I want to know what the top three venues are on your list. My top three, I, I again, a little bit of bias in two of them. I fully admit it. Um, and, and not just because the Red Wings played in the games, but I mean, the venues that are personal to me is right. Michigan stadium. Um, I went to high school kitty corner from the stadium, you know, lived for a lot of years before we, you know, moving to Chicago, um, probably about another three quarters of a mile away from, from the stadium. Uh, it's, and to have that many people there, it was, it it was incredible and to have Detroit and Toronto in that setting. Um, Wrigley again, the first, the first of the matchups that had an original six, um, matchup of, uh, you know, the, the Red Wings and the Blackhawks and doing it at a historic baseball stadium, such as that. Um, and third, I, actually really liked I, I like the setup at Fenway and again it's mm-hmm. the historic factor for the most part I really don't love these in baseball stadiums um having seen a stadium series game at um what's now Huntington Bank Stadium where the Minnesota Gophers play back in 2016 and the and the game last year at Target Field I, I much prefer the the vibe in a in a football stadium. I just think it lays out better, but not every football, just because it's in a football stadium doesn't mean it works either. Now, now how much of that was a a stadium that's not necessarily brand new versus like target field is not terribly old. It, no, it's, target it's field's not, I mean, target field's only 12 years old. I believe it opened for the, uh, the 20, um, 10. Yeah. Baseball season. I believe mm-hmm. I, I look, I really like that one too, but, you know, the other two I was watching on TV that I was watching, you know, this one I was watching from the press box and it was like 20 below zero. It was, it was stupid. Like <laughs> it, it was just insanely cold. Everybody in the crowd looked fairly miserable. Um, except in between periods when they all left the seats to stand under the heaters and the concourses. Um, yeah. Like I think that was, but again, I, I saw that venue from a, you know, looked at it from a different perspective. Um, but, you know, I thought the setup there was pretty good overall. But, you know, to be in center field at a baseball stadium, you are so, so far away from the action, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. especially last year. I don't know past years. And, you know, I have to check with, you know, I have to ask Adam on this because I know his 
uh, his wife and friends were in, I think left center field at Nats park for the Blackhawks, um, for the Blackhawks, Na- uh, not nationals, Blackhawks capitals game yeah. in 2015. Well, he and Casey were covering it for, for us at PHN. So it's a, uh, it's just a very sort of different setup and I would love to find more interesting football stadiums to, to play this in. Yeah. Um, I, again, I've also covered one at a football stadium at a baseball stadium, both outdoor games for the abs. Uh, first one was at Coors field, which was actually, it was a really nice venue. Um, Mm -hmm. you get some spectacular views from Coors field and I've attended many a baseball game there. And I, I can say there's not really a bad seat in that stadium. Um, of course it was built in, I think 98 is when it opened up. Uh, no, 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 no. 96 is when it opened up. 96. Um, yeah. And, um, it, I, I mean, it's, it's aging, but it's still part of like the whole cookie cutter stadium thing. They all look fairly similar on the outside. They don't really have anything unique besides like built in features for the team. Um, architecturally they're very similar. Um, but yeah, I, I I prefer things like like Fenway Park, where it has a lot of character because, yeah, there's a lot of history there. But it's also a very unconventional stadium where, you know, up until 1999, there was nothing in left field. There was just that giant wall. There were no seats above that. You know, it right. just went straight out onto the street. And that was the last time I was in Fenway was was before those monster seats went up. Yeah, um, same. So my my top three um, venues that I just absolutely love seeing the winter classic, uh, of course, top is going to be Fenway a little biased because I, I do like that area, but, um, you know, it's a cool stadium. It's got a lot of history and it's just fun to see a sporting event in, uh, Lonnie, I'm going to agree with you, Michigan stadium, because you can just jam pack it full of, of fans. I'm sure the, you know, the energy and the atmosphere is just so intriguing for anything like fo- from football to uh, a winter classic game. And number three for me, and going back to um, just interesting locations and uh, like non-traditional hockey locations, Notre Dame, I thought was a a very good location, um, you know, for a Winter Classic to be held. I I wouldn't mind seeing another one there, but uh, I know there are other locations that like, you know, Wrigley would also be on the list because that's also an interesting ballpark. Uh, Other places that would probably get a repeat before you go back to Notre Dame. So. Those are my top three. Especially since Notre Dame really wasn't all that long ago. Right. You know, like I could see, you know, um, you know, Ohio Stadium where the Buckeyes play if, if, but I mean, but the biggest issue there is that Columbus is not really a draw. (laughs) Really? The the Blue Jackets aren't going to draw a whole lot? Blue Jackets are not going to draw a whole lot. Um, (laughs) You know, Lambeau would be really interesting. Yes. You have some issues with timing of a the NFL season with playoffs starting, and obviously that won't be an issue for Green Bay this year. But like, th- how much do they, do they want their turf ripped up before um, you know a playoff game happens? And the other issue is who plays there. Is yeah. it like is it Minnesota and Chicago because they're the two closest teams? Do you? I mean, that's sort of what happened. Well, at least with. Uh, with Notre Dame, Chicago was the home team for that, right? Right. Yeah, against Boston, right? Yep. So Chicago, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I would like to see Lambeau as well, but I would like to see it be more of a neutral site between two teams who are nowhere close. Like, I want to see, like, a, an, 
an L.A. Tampa Bay game hosted in Lambeau Field. I, I, I know that will never happen because of all the logistics and, and scheduling and getting the fans to travel, but I just think that would be just such a cool thing to see. I get that, but I, I definitely think that the the logistics of having of, of travel to a neutral site is going to be a tough sell, like on New Year's Day. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's never going to fly. But you know, I, I can dream. I can dream. All right, got one more topic for you for uh, our segment, Lonnie on the spot. Top three games all time. Which ones stick out in your brain, Lonnie? Top four games, winner classics all time. Um. It's going to sound really cliche, but the first one, um, the the Sabres and the Penguins, uh, it, the novelty of it was still really interesting. Um, you have the shootout, which sort of sucked. You don't want a game to end in a shootout, but it was it was like basically playing in a snow globe. Yeah. Um, which sort of uh, also why that Michigan Stadium game in 2014 with the Red Wings and Maple Leafs again, and, and plus the Red Wings lost, which I'm obviously didn't enjoy, but you know, the, no- the novelty at a stadium, especially a stadium that big and playing in those conditions, I thought was pretty, was pretty fun. Um, the game at Wrigley, again, it's location. Um, it helped that the Red Wings won the, the Red Wings Blackhawks rivalry was still going pretty strong at that point. Uh, Chicago was on the, on the rise. Detroit was, uh, about to win the West for a second straight year. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun and it was a competitive game, which, which helped. Um, and then, you know, boy, I don't really know. I mean, I guess I'm going to say last year's. And again, it's the novelty of playing in a stadium that was so cold. It was, I mean, it was warmer on Mars than it was in Minneapolis that night. (laughs) And it was pretty, uh, it, it, you know, and the, the atmosphere was great. The fans were very lubed up. Um, the, 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 the fun part driving through the, uh, the parking garage before the game and everybody's getting into their snowmobile suits mm-hmm. and their, their hunter, uh, their hunting orange, their safety orange hunting gear to stay warm was, uh, it was pretty hilarious. I could not get into the press box fast enough. <laughs> I know I said I know I told you and Adam I was gonna you know watch some of the game outside but no that was not that was not happening yeah it was single digits what was it three is that what it was um uh, no at face off it was like I believe it was six below oh, okay um I don't think it ever topped zero that day wow um yeah it was pretty um it was pretty disgusting. Um, I, I'm going to have to echo you with the uh, with with my top for the top three. Obviously, the first one to kick it off. It was so special, uh, just the way that it ended. And I honestly, I like it when these games end in, in shootouts or go to overtime because you get some bonus hockey, you get a lot of excitement. This one, especially because of the weather and how it turned in Buffalo, um, it was just. It was spectacular. I, I loved watching that. And, you know, yes, like half of that was this is a new novel thing. I I wasn't even sure at that point, like, is this going to be something they're going to continue on for years to come? This is something so special that I've never seen before. So I was I was totally captivated by that one. 
Um, second on my list, uh, again, you know, the more hockey you play, the better with me, especially when I don't have a horse in the race. Uh, the 2014 Red Wings and Maple Leafs yep. uh, also ends in a shootout, 3-2. Um, in, you know, one of my favorite venues to, to host one of these, you know, Michigan Stadium, you got 100,000 fans there who are just, you know, going nuts for this. So um, a little less so at the end because, you know, Detroit ended up uh, losing in that shootout. But, man, I, I can't imagine, you know, being a fan of one of those teams being in the stadium and just being on the edge of my seat the whole time uh, would just be fantastic. Uh, number three for me, uh, go back to 2010, Fenway Park, Boston and Philadelphia. Um, and I do have a story about this one here in a second, but uh, I'm watching this one on TV was just so, so fun. The rivalry between Philadelphia and Boston, both teams were actually decent at that time. This is the year before uh, Boston went to the, went on to win the Stanley cup. Um, you know, Philadelphia was actually playing decent that year. Um, you know, Two one game in overtime again more hockey I love it so um, yeah I'll, I'll take that all day um, for this one I remember um, my mom had told me uh, before Christmas that she had gotten my dad two tickets to go see the Winter Classic in Boston and I'm thinking oh yeah I am totally going to go with my dad to go see this and it turns out he invited his cousin to go and I was like, Oh, well I get to watch it from home, I guess. So a little disappointed in that, but um, he had a great time. Gave me a, a lot of great photos. Uh, two of them are hanging up here in the PHN studio here in the Aurora campus. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he even got me a good shot of the, the scoreboard, you know, the manual scoreboard they still yep. use in Fenway that they kept score for the, for that game. So that one, that one was pretty cool. Um, all right. Uh, Lonnie, you actually, you touched on this just a second ago. If you could have your fantasy venue, I know you'd mentioned Lambeau, but is there anywhere else you would like to see a winter classic game played? Doesn't matter, you know, who's playing their logistics out the window. Where would you like to see one played? <laughs> logistics are meaningless, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Let me think about this then. Um, it's just completely unrealistic, which is sort of part of the point of this question. Have you seen the movie Mystery Alaska? I have not seen it, but I know of it. Yes. Right. So, uh, pond hockey team from, from, or from Alaska, uh, with, uh, um, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Australian actor, um, Russell Crowe. Thank you. Russell Crowe is the town sheriff and and team captain uh, takes on the New York Rangers in a uh, <laughs> uh, completely ridiculous game of pond hockey. But they built boards and scoreboard and helicopter the Rangers in. I think something like a pond hockey game or you built like a stadium on a pond would be phenomenal. I, I think the closest we got to that was the Lake Tahoe outdoor series, but I mean, they played on the golf course, not actually they played on, on the, the golf lake. course. Unfortunately, yeah. the, the, fortunately the 18th green was not ruined, but um, <laughs> I think something like that where you actually played on a pond would be phenomenal. I was really hoping they were actually going to play on Lake Tahoe. That would have been great, but that would have been great. Fortunately they did not because weather conditions were not favorable. Uh, no, they weren't. I mean, so unfavorable that they had to do <laughs> You had a sun delay for many, many hours. <laughs> he had to postpone the game because players couldn't see and the ice was melting too fast. 
Um, oh man, that that one that one made me so mad because that was like the one abs game I was able to watch that year, and then they moved it to NBCSN, which I didn't get. So I was like, well, I got to see one period. That was great. Um, for me, I my, mine's a little bit more realistic. Um, outside of the my whole Lambo. Um, LA versus Tampa meet in the middle somewhere and play outdoors. Um, I would actually like to see one. Uh, it's at former CenturyLink field in, um, in Seattle, um, oh. have the Kraken host somebody there because that stadium is just ridiculous. You get all the Seattle fans in there. I'm sure they won't even care who's playing. You're, you're going to, they're going to be setting off earthquakes somewhere outside that stadium. Cause that place just gets, ridiculously loud that would be a lot of fun you bring in like a seahawk or sound seahawk and sounders uh atmosphere to the game yeah would be a lot of fun i mean another one in seattle is the the stadium where the uh uh the washington huskies play right on the right on lake washington there oh yeah that would be a good scene yeah out that scoreboard end would be pretty nice also yeah but But i uh, i I think seattle's a couple years away from hosting an outdoor (laughs) game at least well though we'll see they haven't announced next year's yet so it, yeah, I mean, who knows? Stranger things have happened, like uh, keeping Arizona in Arizona. But you know, well, we'll. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a bit. So, with the Winter Classic coming up, those are our thoughts on everything historically Winter Classic. Our favorite jerseys, favorite locations, fantasy locations, and favorite games. If you have any other thoughts, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us PHN Podcast. Uh, and share with us your favorite memories of the Winter Classic. It's time to talk jerseys because, you know, Winter Classic, Lonnie on the spot. Now we're going to put Lonnie back on the spot. Well, we'll all be on the spot. They came out. The, the They went old school. Shock, shocking. It, it's, it's all retro and old because it's the Winter <laughs> Classic. So they're classic jerseys. Um, we got a different Pooh Bear than, than we've seen on Boston in their previous outdoor <laughs> games. Yep. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if that Pooh Bear has eaten more pizza than, than other Pooh Bears out Definitely there. Definitely has. Definitely yeah. has. Yeah. By the way, Jack Edwards, what a jackass this week. Anyway, um, just had to throw that in. Is he still employed? He is somehow not suspended. Jesus. For what he did to Pat. Like, give me a Classic. break. Like, did you see what Pat Rune did with the. Yes, he did. Uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> St. Louis Thank you for taking my parting shot. But okay, yeah, sorry. You you can still part (laughs) on him because you can never dunk on Jack Edwards too much in my book. Yeah. Um, so they got they got the Pooh Bear. They they're they're going darkish and and then all that. Um, and then we've uh we've got the Pittsburgh Pirates Penguins jersey, uh going the white style. Lonnie, thoughts on the sets? I love the Pittsburgh set. Um, I think it's great. I think it's uh it's it's sort of the right mix of uh, nostalgia and uh, I mean, and it's not even just regular old nostalgia. Like this goes way back. Like if you don't know better, you've really got to dig back to where this Jersey comes from. Um, Did you know better before they they hinted at this? Be honest. Sorry. Did you know about this before they hinted at it? No. Yeah. Either. No, no. I mean, they go, they went, they didn't just go back to like the light blue or the, the Navy blue. Like they went, they went well, they went to a team that predates the penguins, which I think is just a fantastic, it, it, it keeps the black and gold aesthetic. That is very much Pittsburgh and all their teams uh, and pays, pays homage to, to hockey history in that city. I think it's great. 
So Richard, what do you, what do you think of Pittsburgh specifically? Cause I, I got a couple questions about that that I'm going to play off of. Yeah. I, I really, I think uh, Pittsburgh hit it on the head for this one. I really like the, the white and the uh, pin, the horizontal pinstripe going across there. Uh, I love that. It looks like, you know, a Pittsburgh pirates uniform. Um, I think they did really well with that. And, you know, of the two teams who put out a Jersey, I think Pittsburgh definitely won. So I'm going to disagree with you guys. I, okay. I like the idea to me, it's the wrong color. And, and to me, this is the NHL having to go white on color in their brain instead of a color versus color game. And the Pittsburgh Pirates jerseys from 1925 to 1928, by the way, they only played in 1930. They were yellow with that stripe pattern. And the, everything is the same except the jersey was yellow back then. So why not? Why not give us a yellow jersey? Why not because, go yellow? Versus, be, why? Because it's too, because Boston has too much yellow in their accent. It would force Boston to go mostly black, if not all black or black and white. I mean, they, they even did a what they called Harding blue and yellow kind of like bumblebee. a la like the Steelers bumblebee jerseys with I, I just think that if you're going to play homage, pay homage, do the color. They well, never it, wore a white jersey. It, anything stripey, anything stripey like that's going to force Boston to do something different because Boston has the black and gold stripes on the bottom or black and yellow, whatever, whatever shade that is well, um, well, in the bottom quarter of the jersey. Well, let's think about it here. You said it's it's to pay homage, which which it is. It's in the style of that jersey. It doesn't mean you need to exactly replicate that jersey in that color, right? I, there's I, I just, there's a, there's an there's a paying homage and there's ripping off. Like yeah, this is homage. I just think you could have gone yellow, and it would have been distinguished enough. I don't I, know. I, you know. Two teams oh. with two very similar colors. I, I think it's going to be too confusing to you know the casual mm-hmm. viewer. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the real issue is that because their, their colorways are pretty similar to begin with, it limits just how funky you can get. I agree. I think if you just had two teams, you wear a very variation of their home Jersey and something like this, I think it'd be awesome, but this is not the matchup to make that happen. No. Are, are we See, and, and then, then if you would have done, see, and I also think they, so it's, it, I think it's a cream, not a straight white. It, it's hard to tell with Pittsburgh, um, depending where you read. They're both going black helmets, black pants. I think that's okay for Boston. Could we, could we have gone the old school brown with, because that's what Pittsburgh wore. That's what the, the Pirates only wore brown pants back in the day. Could we have at least gone brown pants? I would have liked to yellow? see that. That that, that would have been, been nice. that would have been fine. Yeah, but I just, I, I, I'm not mad they didn't. I just think I they think missed a little team, bit. Yeah, I think both teams going black, you know, black lids, back black pants. It feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to do something a little tweaky in there. I mean, yellow jersey, yellow lids, brown pants. I think would have distinguished enough from from Boston's black on black on black. I th- I think it would have looked okay. I think it would have yeah. been better view on TV, to be honest. Yeah. I just, that's just, I, I, I like that. I like that they didn't do a penguin thing. Like I said, I, I, it's cool. Um, it's a great, it's, it's, it's a neat little logo there. Um, but yeah, I just, I would have liked to see the yellow instead of the cream off white, whatever we're officially calling that color. But, you know, good, good on Boston to do something 
you know, get another bear out there because you know they haven't had enough bears. <laughs> right. Oh it's, man. I, yeah. No. Nah. Although it's literally the name of the team, but whatever. It, it, it is, but I mean, when you th- when you think of the Boston Bruins, though, do you think of a bear? Well, yes, because I know that a Bruin is a bear. No, but I don't think you think of the spoke to be. I think B spoke. Yeah, I think B spoke. Oh, I see what you're saying. Image. Oh, yeah, no, the B spoke. Like when when something comes to your head, like oh, Boston Bruins, the image yeah. I pick is is you know. No, B-spoke. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they haven't want to. They haven't worn a bear on their jersey since the '30s, on a regular basis. And yeah, that is a li- that's even a little before your time, Lonnie. Just a just a smidge. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's what you come here for. The first line is, is Jersey talk, and, right? And we got it. <laughs> um, Lonnie, you want to talk uh, mullets or demulletizing? You know, in a I, way. I was going to say the other thing you come here to listen to is Arizona Coyote slander. <laughs> <laughs> is it slander if it's true? Wow! All right, uh, no, that's true. It's it's not. Um, <laughs> although I'm no lawyer, so but you I, are married to one. The hair, the haircut, I guess, um, happening oh. in the desert. Um, it, it, it's not a done deal yet, but it looks like the Arizona Coyotes are going to have a stadium all their own in, in the Tempe Entertainment District. Um, City Council approved it unanimously, which I think surprised the hell out of everybody who, who watches this thing closely because it did not look like it was... I don't think passage was a sure thing, let alone a unanimous vote, but apparently the coyotes uh, put, put the work in and got that part done. And then now it's got to go to the voters for a referendum on the three different questions to go about building it. But um, I mean, look, my feelings on on hockey in Arizona are pretty well known at this point. It, it hasn't worked yet. We've, we've force fed this thing for how many years um, but I guess at least they're going to get a real arena and they're paying for it on their own. So, okay. doesn't mean it's a great idea, but I guess at least it ends the uncertainty. So, so, something did pop out into my mind as I was reading this and I was looking at the specifications of their new 16,000 seat arena, uh, that is, uh, moving forward the average size of an NHL like seating capacity, the average size of the NHL arena, 18,000. So they're going to have 2000 less seats than all the other NHL teams. And all that's going to do is drive up the value, drive up the resale price on the tickets from the season ticket holder, sell to Blackhawk fans twice a year. Right. Blackhawk fans will travel the games right now. Let's not get ourselves there. No, by <laughs> then, I mean, you're deep in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, well, it's 16. That's the average, Richard. I believe this arena is going to be about the size as whatever Winnipeg's calling their arena these days. Um, I think. But isn't that only 13 and a half, though? I, it's right around four. I thought, yeah, I think it was right around 14. So it, it, it'll be, so it'll be bigger than that. So, I mean, it's, you, you know, it, you've got a couple inflated arenas in LA and Chicago that are super duper large. Um, I mean, 16 is, is smallish, but it's not necessarily the wrong size. Oh no, not, not for that yeah, market. They, it is not, my, it might you know, be my big. biggest, my biggest thing, my biggest thing, um, is it took, 
When's the last time, Lonnie, in your vast knowledge of sports, have you seen a commissioner show up at a city council meeting to get something passed on to a referendum? I don't think ever. And I think in part because the, the you'll see you'll see in the NFL, the commission will do some public arm twisting and certainly do some private phone calls and meetings. But I don't think you have, I don't, I don't think you'll ever see a commissioner of any other league show up. I mean, Adam Silver's not showing up at a city count at a city council meeting. Well, let's, in, let's go to the two of the most successful commissioners in, in modern history in terms of, of growth for their mm-hmm. leagues. Tagliabue, Paul Tagliabue, the NFL yep. and, and David, Stern of, of the NBA, who yep. supposedly Gary Bettman learned from. When's the last time they showed up at a city council meeting to get a vote? What those guys did was it, it, instead of showing up to the city council meeting of the city they were in, they were meeting with the city to move to if, if the city right. they were in didn't want to keep them. Right. <laughs> right. It, it was they did their arm twisting in private. Yeah. They didn't go to a city. They didn't just sit in front row to city council meeting for show. I mean, that's what Bettman did. And I don't know whether that got the job done or not. I. But the sure fact that totally. he felt he had to be there, like the, he That's is so the defending the desert hockey experience. It is, it is so his thing. It's his legacy. That's yes. it. Yeah. He has to defend it. It's which, his legacy. Which is sad because Nashville has had some success. Carolina has had some success. I don't know. Tampa, you may say have had some success. Even Florida bit. has won a cup. Like he's got so many things in the desert that outside the desert in warm climates that have happened, Dallas, I would consider a success yeah. overall. Yeah. I mean, like they've won what two cups, no one cup, one cup since they've gone there. Like Hall was I mean, in the crease. <laughs> wasn't a rule then. <laughs> um, but once again, like if you look at everything that they've done outside of Arizona in the expansion, it, it's almost all worked expansion and relocation. Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. It's almost all worked. It's okay if one doesn't. Only only two cities really hate him right now. Hartford and Quebec. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else he made happy. Nobody cared in Atlanta. And <laughs> they were thrilled and, in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And and people actually and probably people in Arizona hate him too because of what he's done with that economy and things. Like I just I it, to me it's just the look of a pandering commissioner in one of you know the top five sports leagues in the country. It's bad. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you wouldn't even see a power five uh, uh, NCA commissioner do that. No, not at all. Not at all. Look, I, I think the most important thing here is that the coyotes investing are investing public money and a lot of it and 2.1 billion in, in private funds for this project, yeah. which is good. Cause I don't, I'm not a big fan of cities spending billions for billionaires to have a, you know, play thing. Here's the thing I'm worried about. This owner, um, allegedly, when you read some of the athletic stuff that they dug deep on, yeah, had trouble paying bills. Glendale claimed it. He's going to publicly or privately fund all this. I want to know mm-hmm. who else is going to be in the owner. Like, there, there's something going on there more with ownership group, in my opinion. Yep. That's just, I don't know. Call me conspiracy theorist, Richard. Are, are his casinos finally paying out? Is that what's going on? <sighs> so it, it, the math doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. This, this is, you know, this, the map. I mean, obviously he's not saving his money in crypto or we would have heard that he's got none of it there. You know, <laughs> if, if he was in the FTX world, but I don't know. I we'll see. You know, you know what? There is one thing that I do know that the coyotes 
are gonna have to to deal with and 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 use to to move to their new arena. What is that? A Manscaped product. Because if you're getting rid of the mullet, why yeah. not grab Manscaped <laughs> to trim up your body? Trim that manscaped.com slash pro hockey news to get yours. The discount is PHN 20. If you like the way Lula Fredo looks, that's because of Manscaped. If you don't like the way Lula Fredo looks, Manscaped can't fix everything. <laughs> and, and, you, and you saw him last week during our, our holiday yes. gift guide. Yeah. Our first video podcast. I, I liked, I liked that. I listened and then I watched cause I heard to, I had to see to, yeah, no, but yeah, no, man, yeah, manscaped.com, PHN 20. Uh, the coyotes are going to have to use it to get rid of their mullet. You could use it to keep your body in great manscaping shape. Yes. That was one of my better ones, Lonnie. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. I didn't even practice that one. That just kind of came to me in the that, segment. That was organic. It just it flew well, well done. I like it. There you go. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, especially because, you know, Richard's usually not good at this. Um, it's bet 99 picks time, oh. Richard Cote. Adam, we're going to yep. pause right there. We actually don't have bet 99 anymore. What? New oh. rules in Ontario. They, I believe they've pulled. That's why we had to pull them from oh. the holiday gift guide. So got it. Start up. You didn't tell me that. that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Cause you jumped on late. It is everybody's favorite time of the show. Well, some of ours, um, depends, depends on how it went two weeks ago. Um, I don't think Richard's liking it right now. So I'll let Richard talk about what's coming up. <laughs> we have our weekly PHN picks. Um, you know what? I, I didn't do as bad as I did week one. I don't think I can ever do as bad as I did week one. Oh, and five. <laughs> um, but staying at that three and two marks, not really helping me gain ground, especially when people like Adam are going four and one. Lonnie did me a favor, went two and three. Um, so now we have, but Adam he did it back to back four and one weeks. I mean, Lonnie came out of the gate hot. He did. He came out really hot. So, uh, Lonnie and Adam uh, tied for our PHN first line picks at uh, 10 and five tied for the lead. I'm coming up uh, a little bit behind at six and nine. We got a little, uh, little work to do. Hopefully this week will be a little bit kinder to me. Um, and one of these games I had to throw in here just to get a reaction from Adam. I think he knows which one it is. Game number one, San Jose at Ottawa. You, you only get... Only one of the games you wanted me to react to? I thought there were two that I was supposed to react to. <laughs> <laughs> this being one of them. Oh, I know what the second one is. And yes, oh, the second one, yeah. I that, mean, that one's staying. That one is staying. <laughs> All right. Game number one, San Jose at Ottawa. Adam, who you got? I'm going to go with Ottawa. Really? I, I thought they would have officially made your dumpster fire. No. they. Okay. Here's my problem with Ottawa. They have pieces. They're just not working yet. But I'm... I, you, I think they're built right. They just got to figure out the the elusive chemistry. Something, something just isn't working. But I like their pieces. <laughs> I, okay, I don't have like two hours to harp on that, Lonnie. Yeah, Lonnie, who you got? Uh, I'm taking San Jose. All right, uh, I'm going to as well because uh, Ottawa. Game number two. This this one's going to be a really good game on Saturday, uh, December third. Colorado at Boston. This is this is gonna be a tough one. Boston undefeated at home. At uh, Lonnie, who you got? I'm taking Boston. I don't know how you pick against them right now. 
Agreed. Um, no, no. I, I, I'll, I'll save mine for a minute. Adam, who you got? You, you, no, you can't say no. No, and no, no. Then, no. Then, I, no. I, I, I got to do a little research. Go oh, ahead. Oh, when you've won, what, 15 in a row now, dating back to last season at home, I'm going to pick you until you lose. Boston. Okay. This one tears me apart here. Uh, I'm a Colorado homer, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Boston Bruins fan, and Boston's playing really well, and, but I don't want to make it unit. Uh, yeah, I'll make it unanimous, Boston. All right, game number three. That was Toronto. So Toronto at you, Tampa I, Bay. I, I, I oh. got to tell you, the amount you torture yourself, Richard. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was terrible. It's, yeah, that was, that was something else. Okay. Could have been better. What, what, you know, you know whatever. Game number three, <laughs> Toronto at Tampa Bay. Adam, who you got? Oh, th- you know, this is a tough one. This is this is two teams that that have that are. I mean, Tampa's finally figuring it out. But mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God, have the Maple Leafs really figured it out? Um, I don't think they, they've got points in what eleven straight games now. But they're on the road. Oh, this one. This, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. Toronto because they've got more rest coming into the game. Okay. Yeah. Lonnie. I'm taking Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay basically has a night off tonight against Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go Toronto as well. Uh, They are, they're on a little bit of a hot streak winning five in a row as we are recording this on Thursday. Um, Yeah. they, They seem to have figured some things out that I didn't think they would, but here we are. All right. Game number four and Adam's second questionable game of the night, Arizona at Vancouver. Lonnie, who you got? Questionable game of the night. Uh, Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver. All right, Adam. Uh, I have the LA Kings in this one. Okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm, there's another game starting in the 10 o'clock hour that's way better. So I'm going to pick the Kings. Are you going to pick the Kings? Okay. I'm going to pick the Kings. He's I think Seattle the, just scored oh, again on them. Over, over Carolina. Yeah, exactly. Who I, right. By the way, who, who, who I will see tonight in person. <laughs> All right. So uh, Adam's got the LA Kings winning the game between Arizona and Vancouver. I am going to go with Arizona um, for no good reason, really. Game number I'll, five. I'll, I'll officially take Vancouver for the picks reason. But if the Kings win, I get point and a half or something like that. No, you get nothing. Um, Washington at Calgary. Lonnie, who you got? Washington at Calgary. Um, Yeah, that'd be the Capitals and the Flames, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to take Washington. All right. Adam. We call this the underachievers game of the night. I mean, are there two teams that have underachieved so far this season more than those two? Uh, maybe the previous game that we... Nobody expected Arizona to be good. What were they yeah, going to achieve? I, I think they're still underachieving from that. <laughs> Why? Because they're not in last place? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, so they've over-underachieved? Yeah, exactly. Got it. I'm going to go Calgary. All right. Um, see if somebody, somebody has to take a poop in the middle of the game. <laughs> Hey, no, whatever, whatever helps you out. Hey, whatever, uh, going, whatever Sutter says. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to Washington as well. Um, so there we go. There are our, our uh, PHN 
picks of the week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at PHN Podcast. And if you want to share your picks with us, you can use the hashtag PHN Picks. Parting shots. Lonnie. Um, and we sort of teased it before, but there is no excuse for Jack Edwards to still be on the air for Nesson or to still have a job um, at all. Just there, there is no world in which it's okay to mock the appearance of a player. Um, and, you know, to make fun of Pat Maroon's weight is it's just, it's obscene. It's uncalled for uh, in any day and age, let alone this one. Um, and I, I think Maroon clearly took the high road. He had, he <laughs> made a, uh, $2,000 donation to a nonprofit organization called Tampa Bay thrives in Jack Edwards's name to support those struggling with mental health, bullying and body image. Um, and as of this morning, as we are recording at the lightning foundation had collected $50,000 in donations for Tampa Bay thrives. And the organization is planning to use funds to expand youth programs aimed at helping Tampa area kids break the stigma, um, and getting help, uh, for mental health. And, Pat Maroon taking the high road when he should have been waiting at the elevator for Jack Edwards to come out to absolutely pummel him. Well said. He's, there's a number of reasons why Jack Edwards isn't good at the craft. Correct. This just made it. I mean, yeah, just so the, fact that, the fact that people like that continue to call games <sighs> and so many other people who who should be calling games at a high level aren't it's it's ridiculous very 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 much so and and we you know thinly veiled of not late to the lunch line or a joke about locker room snack table all that is one thing you know you see that all the time but good god the way he did it it was a joke that didn't land and he like doubled and he went back to it he did two callbacks at least oh, at least two at least and, and you can tell others on the broadcast were not so comfortable with what was like. It was bad. It was so uh, no, bad. no. Actually, I disagree. I think the problem was people in the broadcast were perfectly fine with it and mm. kept playing. Yeah, I, yeah. Richard, um, I, I I'm going to have a a little bit of a uh, complaint here about the NHL scheduling. Not that they could foresee this, but just that we are in a situation where a matchup in the East right now would just be so perfect for the game. And I'm talking between Boston and New Jersey. If we could see a game anywhere, like in the next couple of weeks between these two in Boston would be fantastic. As we know, Boston's undefeated at home. Jersey's only lost one game on the road. That would just be a phenomenal matchup. Unfortunately, we're not going to get that until April 8th. We won't see these two teams face each other until December 28th in New Jersey. I don't know. It just, uh, it's, it's something I was hoping that would come a little bit sooner. And, um, you know, again, you, you can't foresee how well teams are going to do and you can't schedule accordingly. I just thought that maybe just maybe we could see this sooner than April 8th, but you know what scheduling is, is what it is. That is correct. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit all over the place it, it, with a red theme with a very, very red theme. Um, Really, really stoked as a Indiana University grad and the beatdown that they gave the University of North Carolina Tar Heels last night at the hall in the final ACC Big Ten showdown. Love seeing IU hoops be good again. It's it's fun. Um, on the red theme, I get to go to a live hockey game here on, on Thursday night. Going to go see the Jerks 
against the underachieving Blues. So it'll be interesting to partake in that. My first live hockey game um, that is not of the 8U variety, Richard, on the season. Okay. Hey. I've, I've, had, I've had a handful of 8U live hockey games. Hey, some of those can be more exciting than the NHL games we're seeing this season. Um, I, I am not denying that whatsoever because last Sunday the the kiddo played one and she got her first ever assist. She had a beautiful centering pass. I mean, oh, like nice. tape to tape. Oh, and they great. buried it. So she got her Those first apple, fun. first apple of her career. Nice. Her first in her first ever jamboree. So, but yeah, that's that. That's my going red. A lot, lot of red this week. A lot of happy with with redness. So good. <laughs> For Lottie Goldsmith and Richard Cote, the producer extraordinaire that he is. This is Adam Minnick saying so long. This has been another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. <laughs>